This is Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. And next to me on the stage this week are Ask Me Another puzzle guys. We have John Chinesky. Hello, everybody. Hi, Ophira. Hi, John. And Will Hine. Greetings. More from them later on. And right now, let's show a little love for our Ask Me Another one-man band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Why, hello. All right, on stage with me right now are our first two contestants. Give a hand for Christina Chaco and Mark Johnson. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Ask Me Another. So, Mark, uh, have you had any, any trivia experience in your life? Just at the bar. Just at the bar? Yeah. <laughs> are you a fan of NPR? Big fan? I am. My mom's a huge fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Is so... she going to be proud of you? Yeah, she's so proud. Oh, that's so nice, Mark. <laughs> Excellent. And, Christina, you have a very interesting job. What, what is it exactly? I'm a gastroenterologist. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and what does that mean? Tell us. Well, I, I do many things. Yes. But uh, one of them is performing endoscopies, where I often end removing things that don't belong in the gastrointestinal tract. <laughs> like car keys? Um, few people have swallowed their car keys. I have. <laughs> few people have swallowed their car keys. Yeah. You know what? Don't answer this question. Yeah. Don't answer it all. I want to think car keys, maybe a little tiny Eiffel Towers, just all kind of fun things yeah. that end up in there. <laughs> you never know. You never know. All right. Well, I'm ready. This, this is a. Uh, this is going to be an excellent game. What are we subjecting them to, Jonathan? Well, Afira, I don't know if you have heard this. I just heard this news. Apparently, there are people listening to us right now on the radio. What? Were you aware of that? No, because yeah. it's not the year 3000. They can't do that. No, no, no. This is actually an old technology. They have it, and they're listening to us right now. I have no idea how it works. Probably demons. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we should do something for these people, right? We should give them a game or something like that? Yes, for... we should honor these radio listeners. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the air quotes I put around that. <laughs> Aliens. Uh, with, with this game. So, contestants, I'm going to play you some songs that either prominently mention or are about listening to the radio. Uh, sometimes we're going to ask you to name the artist. We might ask you to complete the lyrics. Uh, I'll tell you what we're looking for after I finish the song. And after Jonathan asks his question, we'll ask you both a follow-up question that either of you can ring in uh, about whatever we darn well please. How about that? And I'll keep score. Okay. Yeah. All, right, All right, John. That sounds Excellent. fair. It's a deal. <laughs> Contestants, are you ready? ready? Ready. Okay. All we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo. All we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Blah Blah. So who sang that song? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Not all at once. You, you did? <laughs> I did just now, but who, who originally sang that song? Who is most famous for singing that song? Oh, it's a stumper. All right, that's okay. Sometimes at the beginning you need a second, and that second is over. Audience, who sang that song? Queen. Queen. One point for the audience. One point for the audience. Here's a follow-up question. Either of you can ring in. The shortest song on any Beatles album is 24 seconds long. It's about Queen Elizabeth II, and it's the last song on Abbey Road. What is it called? They're thinking. This is the shortest song? The shortest song. <laughs> 24 seconds long. Last song on Abbey Road. <laughs> that was your guess? That was my guess. The oh, that was your guess? This is the shortest song. <laughs> it's actually shorter than this question. It's actually this. No ideas? All right. Audience, again, you have a chance to take a substantial lead here. What is, what is... 
Her Majesty Her is Majesty. right. I think someone else said Your Majesty, which is not right. <laughs> but that is Jermaine Jackson's son. <laughs> All right. Plenty of time. That is true. Yes, that is do true. We, I have a question. Do yeah. we have enough tote bags for everyone in the audience? <laughs> we do. <laughs> We've got Rubik's Cubes. We've got tote bags. And a show. Yeah, oh, right. That's true. <laughs> Marconi plays the mamba Listen to the radio Don't you remember We built this city We built this city on What did we build it on? Christina Rock and roll Christina says rock and roll And she's correct You remember Who could forget? DJ Alan Freed is credited with coining the term rock and roll, as well as organizing the first rock and roll concert. Partially in recognition of this, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is located in what? Christina. US Detroit. City. Detroit? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that is Cleveland. Incorrect. Cleveland. Oh. Cleveland's right, Mark. <laughs> Mark there gets you go. a point for Cleveland. If you think that love isn't found on the radio... Tune right in, you may find the love you lost Cause now I'm sitting here with the man I sent away long ago It sounded really loud, it sounded really loud On the radio, oh, on the radio Who sang that song? <laughs> the abruptness of you, you do that is amazing <laughs> That's me again, that's right All right It was a lady singer <laughs> Stevie Nicks David X, that is a guess. I will give you that. <laughs> Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette, another good Both females who sing. Um, the answer is Donna Summer. It seems like every summer there is a song that is played constantly over the radio, no matter where you go, no escaping it. For example, 1986, it was Madonna's Papa Don't Preach. 2001, Lady Marmalade. But in 2011, it was the appropriately titled Party Rock Anthem by what electronica duo Christina. with a five-letter name? L-M-F-A-O. Yes. You are correct. <laughs> now we meet in an abandoned studio. We hear the playback and it seems so long ago. You remember how jingles used to go. Oh, 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 you were the first one. Oh, 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 you were the last one. This is the part that you have to guess. What are the words I should be singing now? Christina. Video killed the radio star. Yes. Everyone knows Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles was the first video ever played on MTV. But the second video ever played was the song You Better Run by what female rocker who would later find that love is a battlefield? Pat Benatar. Christina with Pat Benatar. So I turned the radio on, turned the radio up And this woman was singing my song The lover's in love and the other's on a way The lover is crying cause the other won't What? Christina? Stay Stay's right Stay. 
That was Lisa Loeb's first and biggest hit. Her big break came when her neighbor, Ethan Hawke, gave a copy of the song to Ben Stiller, who used it in the closing credits of what 1994 film? Go ahead, Christina. (laughs) Reality Bites. Correct. Reality Bites. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Do it. Oh, you young people. Contestants. It's in Ohio. Christine. Is my home? No, it's my home is not correct. Aww. Mark, any wild letters come to mind? Z? No. <laughs> that is a wild letter, my friend. You are right. That letter is wild. Well, that is a wild letter. <laughs> Audience. WKRP in Cincinnati. Do you remember that uh, television show from when you were minus 10? (laughs) (laughs) So Cincinnati is the home to many Fortune 500 companies, including Procter & Gamble. In the 1930s, P&G began sponsoring long-running drama programs on the radio, and because of their sponsorships, these shows became known by what nickname? Long-running TV dramas sponsored by... Companies that need laundry detergent. Soap operas. Yes, Mark. (laughs) Soap operas is correct. Christina, you have scored more points. That means you are going to move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Give her a hand, everybody. Another act for Mark for being a fantastic contestant. Thank you so much. Still so dark because it's still so early And the chipper little girly at the front desk doesn't mind at all These phony living rooms and fake plants are killing me This bad coffee's filling me with equal parts joy and rage Put my makeup on and crack in half I choke back a laugh Find the camera with the red light Good morning Tucson Lights come on so I smile wide and say Good morning Throw to you before I throw the rest away Yeah Thanks Thank you, Jonathan Colton Now it's time for a little brain twister we're going to plant on you to think about. We're going to give you a hint as to who our mystery guest is. Every show, we invite someone on that we find interesting, sit them down for a warm chat-up before we force them to face the music in the puzzle hot seat. So, John Chinesky, do you have a hint as to who our mystery guest is? I do. My clue today takes the form of a song. Here I go. Hello. My name is Elder Young. Hello. Did you know that Jesus lived here in the USA? You can read all about it now. Hello. In this nifty book, it's free. No, you don't have to pay. Hello. Hello. My name is Elder Smith. And can I leave this book with you for you to just peruse? Hello. 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 I'll just leave it here. It has a lot of information you can really use. How was that? That was excellent. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's an exciting clue. Am I going to need magic underwear for this? You can can borrow mine. Okay, okay. thank you. Thank you. Thanks, John. 
When you hear lions and tigers and bears, oh my, do you think about Oxford commas? Then do we have some games for you. To be a contestant on Ask Me Another, reach us on Facebook and Twitter by searching NPR Ask Me Another, or you can send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org, and we'll send you a little quiz. And if you score high enough, you'll be hearing from our Ask Me Another puzzle placers. Coming up, we'll find out if our contestants were brought up with proper manners, like John Chinesky here. My lady. Yes, thank you. Or if they're more like Jonathan Colton, you know, a rock and roll savage. Rawr. <laughs> I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. You're listening to Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is the tallest puzzle writer in the puzzle world, John Chinesky. That's me. Hello. 6'5", in case you're wondering. And we have our next contestants. Joining us right now, we have Aviv Rubenstein. Hello. Hello, Aviv. And Tom Costello. Aviv, you are a musician and a filmmaker? Correct. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, what do you play as a musician? I play the guitar and I sing, or try to sing. <laughs> I love that you're very modest, clearly. You're very modest. I'm sure you're a great singer. I have a great beard. You have an awesome beard. That is true. You know, you know thyself. It's very important. Welcome. And Tom Costello, now is it that you used to work at ESPN or you worked I there used now? used to, yeah. Okay, and what did you cover? I worked on uh, several things, but one of my first assignments was to go to a golf tournament. And I had never been to a golf tournament before. I had never driven a cart, and I had to drive around the camera person and learn the etiquette of when you don't pass in front of golfers, but during a practice round, I was covering Tiger Woods and had to decide, do I drive on the fairway behind him or drive in front of him? And at one point he was walking and he looked over and he saw me just kind of veering wildly. <laughs> at one point, the look of confusion turned to a look of kind of terror and I just <laughs> missed him at least a couple feet. He was never really in danger, but he just kind of looked like it. All right. We're in good shape for this game, I believe. This game is called Title Schmeidel. That's right. We've taken the titles of some classic books and movies, and we've reworked them by changing exactly one letter. Given new plot descriptions, we want you to guess the reworked titles. For example, in this classic novel, a feisty southern belle realizes that tomorrow is always another day. She gives up on her plantation, moves to Tuscany, and runs away with a nice Chianti. Ophira, what's the title? It's Gone with the Wine. Gone with the Wine gone is correct. Gone with the Wine. Oh, audience is figuring it out and nodding. Contestants, you got that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nevertheless, ring in when you know the answer. Well. <laughs> Whoever gets more right moves on to our Ask Me One More final round. Here we go. In this page-turner, we discover that an Italian Renaissance painter and inventor left hidden messages in his art that reveal the secret formula to the world's most popular soft drink. Aviv. The Da Vinci Coke. The Da Vinci, da Vinci Coke is right. That you get a point for. Very good. This film was about two cowboys who discover forbidden passion at a famous landmark in the Roman district of Trevi. Aviv. Brokeback Fountain. Brokeback Fountain is right. Very good. In the second volume of the Twilight series, popular with teens, 
The vampires and werewolves are all put on antidepressants to cheer them up. Tom? New mood? New mood is right. Way to go, Tom. Can you imagine undead and depressed? That is a tough life. What a drag that would be. I don't feel like barking at the moon. (laughs) (laughs) This 1955 movie is about a moody teenager with a red jacket who talks and talks and talks and never gives anyone a moment's peace. Tom? Rebel Without a Pause? Yes, Yes. Rebel Without a Pause. I mean, you shook his hand because you... I think that's pretty brilliant, right? Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it is a good one, yeah. (laughs) This 2011 memoir tells the story of how Tina Fey stood up to bullies in high school who made fun of her trousers covered in small, soft plants like those on the side of a tree. Tom? Mossy pants? Mossy Mossy pants pants. is right. (laughs) This 1969 satirical novel is about a lot of things. The bombing of Dresden in World War II, time travel, an alien zoo, and most importantly, a meat processing facility which is just okay, not great, Aviv. Slaughterhouse Fine. Slaughterhouse Fine is correct. We are tied up, and we're going to go to a tiebreaker yeah. from Afira. Can you please? Very exciting. Yes. And just think, at the beginning, you both heard this game, and you were like, what is this? And then just snap, snap, snap to the tiebreaker. All right, hands on bells. <laughs> Migrant workers during the Great Depression angrily attempt to get their teacher to change a D minus. Aviv. To the grades C. of wrath. Yes, the grades, the grades of wrath. Of wrath. Aviv pulls it out the last second. Nice work. Another hand for Tom, everybody. Congratulations, Aviv. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. All right, let's welcome back to the stage our puzzle guru, Will Hines. Hi. Hey, Will. You're going to lead us in this next challenge, but before we do, Will, uh, would you like to give us another piece in the puzzle as to who our mystery guest is, please? I would, Ophira, I would. Another piece in the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Our mystery guest has a wide variety of interests, Ophira. Okay. Among them, cats, rent, and some guy named Tony. Uh, All right, that's good. I'm excited. We'll find out very soon. But right now, let's welcome Jeff Schwartz and Avery Beard. So, Jeff, you've been on a few game shows, haven't you? A few, yeah. Uh, which ones? Uh, I was on a show called Countdown in the UK, and I was a show on a show called Jeopardy in the US. Wow. <laughs> so you, f- you went to the UK just to play a game <laughs> No, I, show? I used to live there. Oh, you used to live there. Yeah. I was like, that is a weird vacation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and how did you do? Um, I was winning on both shows until the final round, and I lost on both shows in the final round. Aww. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. You're like the Cubs. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like, you know, so game shows are your thing. I'm All waiting. right. <laughs> Interesting, Jeff. Now we have Avery here, who's a sociologist. So yes. you've got Jeff all figured out, right? I'm going to lose. No? I'm going to lose. <laughs> Why do you think Jeff hasn't won yet? This is what, what, what you might... <laughs> You've lived in some interesting places other than New York? I have. Um, I lived in Central America, Guatemala, El Salvador, and I lived in Madagascar for a couple of years. Wow. Well, this is a little game we're calling Double Trouble? Uh, yeah, and here's, uh, here's what the game's about, Ophira. You see, we give a shout-out every show to the great borough of Brooklyn, since, that is where the, yeah, since that's where we tape the show. 
That means that we are also simultaneously in the fantastic city of New York, New York. The city's so nice they had to name it twice, which brings us to our next game. You see, in this round, we'll be asking questions about people, real or fictional, with oddly repetitive names. For example, Jonathan, let's say I walked up to you on the street and out of nowhere just said to you, Jonathan, with 80s dance hits like Head to Toe and Lost in Emotion, what doubly named vocalist was backed by Cult Jam? I would say Lisa Lisa. And I would smile because that was correct. Get the picture, contestants. Ring in when you know the answer. We'll see the winner of this game in our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Here we go. What New Jersey governor made headlines in 2011 when it looked like he might throw his hat in the ring for the GOP presidential nomination? Chris Christie. Chris Christie is correct. Makes big headlines, that guy. Big headlines. Big headlines. And we don't mean anything else by that. (laughs) What actor first became famous in the 90s as a rapper who often appeared in his music video shirtless alongside the Funky Bunch? Jeff. Marky Mark Wahlberg. That is correct. Now, did you know him more as a 90s rapper, as the shirtless... (laughs) No comment. No comment, says Jeff. Saying shirtless 90s rapper does not narrow it down to any (laughs) rapper. (laughs) Famous for poems like The Red Wheelbarrow, what American modernist poet supplemented his writing career by working as a doctor? Jeff. William Carlos Williams. That is correct. What former member of the rap group Public Enemy had a second career as a staple of VH1 reality shows such as The Surreal Life and Strange Love? Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy! I didn't want to say that, but it's a biological compulsion to say that after hearing the words Flavor Flav. I get it. Though often referred to as simply The Count... Sesame Street's favorite number-assessed vampire has what full name? Jeff? Count Von Count. That is correct. Yes! <laughs> Did you know that, Jeff, or are you just I, taking a I guess? I mean, I'm sure I watched it as a kid, so I must remember I don't ever remember somehow. hearing the last name. That sounds like the kind of answer you give a nagging kid. Like, what's a Count's last name? It's just Count Van Count. You know, it's just so... <laughs> <laughs> In Joseph Heller's Catch-22, what character receives a promotion while still in recruit training, making his triply repetitive name quadruply repetitive? Jeff. Major, 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 then major. That's correct. Yes. Uh, All right, our winner for that round is Jeff Ophira. Jeff Schwartz, congratulations. Give Avery one more hand. Jeff Schwartz, you will be moving on to ask me one more final round. I will wait a lifetime If it takes that long I know she's out there For I have heard her song And dreams she sings to me Angel's voice a symphony mm-hmm. She's my millionaire girlfriend And she's my life Once I finally find her I'll get permission from the wife We will all live in our castle high My beloved and my millionaire girlfriend and I My beloved and my millionaire girlfriend and I Mr. Jonathan Colton 
with us, we have two new lovely contestants. We have Natalie Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and Beth Slepian. <laughs> Beth, trivia family? Are you, is your family into trivia? They are. Really? Yeah, they really are. My parents are. Uh, have they gone to tournaments? Or? Um, back in 1984, I think, my parents were in a Trivial Pursuit tournament. Oh. And they won because my dad sat up all night and he memorized all the cards. <laughs> and my mom just knows stuff. So it worked out well. And does he still remember that I, stuff? I'm or? sure not. I'm sure not at all. But enough to win. They won. And they, they won this trip... We, I grew up in Connecticut, and they went a trip to California. And I think it was a trip for four, but they decided not to take my sister and I. And um, they decided they would take two trips for two, I believe is how the story went. And then they actually never took the second trip, and they only took one trip. And it's okay. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. Sounds like you're over I'm, it. So. I'm over it yeah, now. It's a long time. It's like five. Out. It's cool. Yeah. Welcome, Beth and Natalie. You are right now in the graduate program at NYU? I am. I'm in the interactive telecommunications program. Wow, that doesn't sound like it makes any sense. What is that? (laughs) The what? Uh, It's it's basically everything interactive and technical. My thesis right now is on helping animals get adopted. Okay, now I love your degree. It's the most amazing degree ever. (laughs) It's wonderful. So you're figuring out how to put animals together with the right owners. Correct. Oh, Natalie, (laughs) breaking our hearts. All right, you guys are playing a game that is based on our favorite Sunday night television show. This game is called The Mad Men's Guide to Etiquette. Uh, Will Hines is dancing like Don Draper falling in the beginning of Mad Men, something on the internet now known as draping. Ah, the 1960s were different, weren't they? Back in the day, you could get drunk at the office, everyone smoked, and men treated women like meat. The good old days! So for this next game, we're going to ask you questions based on the advice of etiquette manuals published in the early 1960s. For example, Will? Yes, Safira. Although a woman may order one at a restaurant, it is considered uncouth for a man to consume a fancy what? Mink coat. I would consider that very uncouth, yes. It'd be uncouth, it'd be rude. I can see where you're going with that. However, the answer is a mixed drink. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, a woman could have them, but a man, no, very uncouth. Can't have a sea breeze in the 60s. <laughs> no. Okay, so contestants, you're going to ring in when you know the answer. And my advice is that if you have no idea, throw out a guess, because the 60s were a crazy time, and your guess just might be correct. So whoever gets the right, most right will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Ready? Fantastic. If a man is traveling with his secretary for business, not only should they be placed in separate hotel rooms, but also on separate what? Natalie. Floors. Floors is correct. (laughs) Temptation is too great. They need at least an elevator between them. That's right. No one has a sex drive after walking up a flight of stairs. (laughs) At elbow level with firmness and quick. That's a description of a proper what? Beth? Handshake. Handshake is correct. (laughs) 
In case a lady would like one, a thoughtful and polite man carries what on his person at all times, even if he doesn't use them? Natalie? Cigarettes. Cigarettes is correct. What a different time. If a man accidentally jostles a woman in a crowded space, it is polite of him to merely touch his what? <laughs> Natalie Ding. They both look horrified. <laughs> um, touch his face. His face. Just, it's just a very slow stroke <laughs> of his own cheek. I'm picturing Don Draper doing it, yeah. and it's great. So it works. Um, I, I'm going to say wife. He, it just has to be. <laughs> I love that would make idea. sense, yeah. yeah. This is who I meant. It's like, this yeah. is... <laughs> I'm with her. Yeah. Uh, both really good ideas. Yeah, that turns, like, that turns like inappropriate public touching into like freeze tag or something like that. The answer is his hat. Oh, of course. Of course. That yeah, makes perfect sense. Right. It makes everything okay. Yeah, just touch the hat. Ha, ha, ha. Jokey joke. All right. <laughs> When a woman is being toasted, proprietary demands that she lower her what? Beth. Her gaze. Her gaze. That is correct. Her eyes. Yes. Because looking into the eyes of people toasting you, well, that is just unheard of for a woman. Who does she think she is going to be next? Working and something else and having fun on her own? Look at her in her pants. We're sorry, Ophira. <laughs> That's okay. All right. It wasn't us personally. No, don't who worry. Kept you the, down behalf, all those years. The, on the behalf one, of the patriarchy, I apologize. The angry one's coming up. <laughs> a man should never enter a room before a woman unless the room is what? Beth. Dirty. Dirty. <laughs> a woman after my own heart. <laughs> no, unfortunately, men didn't care about that. Yes. Dark. Dark is correct, Natalie. All right, so what does that come down to? Okay, Natalie, by one point, you won this round. Congratulations. We'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. Beth, great competitor. Thank you so much for being on Ask Me Another. All right. We're here. All right, we've reached that point in the show where I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're going to reveal this week's mystery guest. So let's summarize what we know about her so far. She has great respect for her elders and loves rent, cats, and some guy named Tony. Our mystery guest is Tony Award winner and star of Book of Mormon, Nikki M. James. You're listening to NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and coming up, we'll find out if Nikki M. James keeps her Tony somewhere weird. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour for people who speak puzzle. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is this week's mystery guest, so happy to have her, star of the Broadway smash hit, and Tony Award winner from the Book of Mormon, (laughs) Nikki M. James, everybody. I wish I could take that to the theater with me. (laughs) There was laughter instead of dying. 
I always thought she'd made it up to comfort me in times of pain. But now I know that place is real. Now I know its name. Salt Lake City, not just a story. Salt Lake City has unicorns in it. <laughs> Nikki, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh, my pleasure. So, the Book of Mormon, obviously, huge smash hit. I loved it. I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen on Broadway. And I am not alone, obviously. But the humor, yeah. irreverent, edgy. The language is uh, dangerous. I think we can say dangerous yeah, about it. it's dangerous. And uh, the subject matter, obviously, we're dealing with Mormons in Africa. AIDS. It's an equal opportunity female offender. Genital, female genital mutilation. Big Hilarious. point. <laughs> so when you first were given this script, what did, what did you think when you read this? Well, they're not dummies, so they didn't give us a script. Oh. <laughs> uh, they said, so they're doing this musical, and we can't tell you what it's called. We can't send you a script. We won't send you any music. Um, and they said, your character is an African girl. And... <laughs> And then they said, we'll do like two weeks of rehearsal and we were just going to do this little reading. And then they signed us a confidentiality agreement. It was like so top, top secret. And how did you feel in that process? Were you worried what no, you were getting into? Well, I thought, it's only two weeks of my life. And, <laughs> and um, anyone in the audience who is a, an actor knows that the most important thing is collecting insurance weeks. So two insurance weeks down, um, which is great. And so I was like, sure, yeah, I'm on board. Um, and so the first day of rehearsals when we heard a demo recording of the first four or five songs, I loved it. It's so smart and really well done. And the guys are awesome and lovely to work with. So they had me at Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time you did a, a table reading, did you have an audience there too? We did. It was full light. You know, it was just a rehearsal room. So we were lit and they were lit and our audience was very close to us. And it was totally terrifying. And even at that performance, which was just invited, people walked out. We're like, I can't handle this. Really? People yeah. left? Yeah. So did you think it would be the big smash hit it is? Well, I knew it was going to make some kind of a splash. Listen, I mean, I knew how good it was, and I knew that I loved it, and that was the most important thing about committing my time and my energy and my talents, you know, of which I hope I have a few, to this project. And I thought, you know, if it bombs, then we did, you know, the greatest bomb in musical theater history. <laughs> you know, people were going to love it or people were going to hate it. And I sort of liked the uh, anticipation was the pretty awesome. It. Yeah, it was really risky. Yeah, and what a great payoff. <laughs> we what did a, a good job. What a great payoff. <laughs> we did a good job. And then you get a Tony? I did. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So I have to ask, because I teased about it, where do you keep it? I mean, I live in a New York City apartment. It's small, walk-up in Chelsea. Like, I don't have a lot of areas, so it's just in my living room on a side table. It's the only thing on the table. Um, <laughs> well, there's a lamp, so it sort of has a spotlight. When I first got it, I moved it around with me, like, weirdly, in the apartment. So when I went to sleep, I would bring it into my bedroom. Oh. And... 
I didn't take it to the bathroom with me because I wasn't sure what kind of metal it was made of. And I didn't want it to get like rusty from the sweat, you know? And I, you know, I would take a lot of pictures of it. And it was really like, it's the best toy I've ever received. And I'm an actress, right? A musical theater performer my whole life. So I didn't play sports. I never got a trophy. So this is my first trophy and it's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. <laughs> But now this is smash hit. The reviews are out. You know, people call it like the funniest thing ever been on Broadway. Yeah. You know, best musical ever. Are there still points in it that you're worried how the audience might react? Yeah. Well, you know, we did two shows on Easter Sunday. So, oh, I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to see the Book of Mormon on Easter instead of going to church, you're probably not like that good of a Christian. But still, like... There is a fear that, you know, he might decide this day to, like, sort of strike us dead. And, and our, you know, our very first performance, we had a sound issue right at the top. Like, all of the mics went down, so we had to hold the performance. And we did for a moment, you think, maybe he really is mad. <laughs> He's not. He gave us all these awards yeah, and stuff. Yeah, happy. <laughs> Hear from Mormons? Um, yeah. We've heard from a few Mormons, a lot of former Mormons, actually. The real Mormons don't necessarily come up and say, hey, at the stage door. <laughs> but we've gotten some, like, we've gotten a few letters, and um, there's a, a couple, a guy on YouTube, he and his wife, who go through the Book of Mormon, the musical, and tell us what is or is not true about the musical based on the, the Mormon faith, which is really long. It's like 25 minutes. I sat they through the whole through thing. They go through the musical and yeah. go, this is true about Mormonism, yeah. but this yeah. isn't. They'll say, oh, well, they say in the musical that the guys become mission partners for the whole two years, but that's not really true. You know, you have a few different mission partners over your two wow, years. Mormon's it's like really nitpicky. Bizarre. And the truth of the matter is, Trey and Matt and Bobby did an amazing job researching. So we don't actually say anything that's not true. There's some artistic license, but anything we say is a Mormon belief is a Mormon belief. They did a really good job of that. I mean, I don't want to pass judgment, but a lot of it is just really funny, just, you know, the way it is. You don't have to, <laughs> do not have to dress it up at all. <laughs> it's like... Wow, that's a weird thing to believe. Truth okay. is funnier than fiction. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, you are a musical super fan? Absolutely, huge. You're, as a super fan in the musical theater yeah. celebrity, is there anyone that you idolize that has paid you a compliment or respect that you went, oh my God, this person? Yeah. Big, 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 big. Um, I beat Patti Lapone for a Tony Award which is, was huge for yeah. me because she is my idol in a lot of ways. And after the Tonys and stuff, she did a two-person show with Mandy Patinkin called Patty and Mandy. So clever. And um, <laughs> I went to see it, and I was invited backstage, and she paid me huge compliments. And she mentioned when she was doing Evita, which was her big Broadway debut, and she won a Tony Award for it. And she said, you don't get to have this time twice, and I'm happy that happened for you in this way and and you should, you know, hold on to it for as long as you can and so I did. I'm going to try to anyway, remember the last year. That just chills up my <laughs> spine. I'm not even kidding. Got a little tingly. That is amazing. Okay, now's the time I ask you, Nikki, are you ready to take and ask me another challenge? Are you ready to be put in the puzzle hot seat? Totally ready. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. How about another hand? Yeah. <laughs> for Nikki and James. 
very excited about this. Let's bring back John Chinesky. Hi. Hi, Nikki. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Will Hines. Hello. Hello. And of course, Jonathan Colton. Hi. Who will be helping us in our next game now. Nikki, believe it or not, we actually found a worthy opponent for you for <laughs> this scared. game. Someone that was willing to take you on. So let's welcome your challenger. This is Lisa Lambert, everybody. Uh, Now I know a little something about Lisa that you have in common with Nikki. Uh, Lisa also has a Tony, as it turns out. Yes. uh, Yeah, go ahead. In your words, Lisa. I do indeed. I am one of the writers of The Drowsy Chaperone, the show, and... Turns out we have the same director, Casey Nicola, directed right. Book of Mormon and Drowsy Chaperone. So this it's is the battle of the Casey. See, this is. is what we had to do to find a worthy I contestant. So we're going to play a game about famous songs from musicals, but what we've done is that we've changed the lyrics to be clues for various mystery items and people. The big hint is that the name of the thing we're looking for rhymes with the musical from which the song comes from. Sound confusing? Don't worry. <laughs> Let's do an example. Jonathan? To Jethro, to Jethro, she's kinfolk. To Jethro, the lady who's old and gray. <laughs> so obviously the uh, melody is Tomorrow from the musical Annie, and the answer we're looking for is Granny. granny. Yes, Granny, because <laughs> Granny rhymes with Annie, the lady who's old and gray from the Beverly Hillbillies. Okay, got it? We got it. All right, so ring in when you think you know the answer. Don't cry for Brie or Fontina. The truth is they're not as yummy as processed cheese food. (laughs) Nice. You got that right. Velveeta is correct, Lisa. All right, all right. She's quick, that one. Three million forty-five thousand seconds of fasting. Three million forty-five thousand seconds of prayer. Three million forty-five thousand seconds till Easter. What is this called, all you Catholics out there? A season called what? <laughs> Sorry, have to recover from geek mania. Uh, Lisa. Lent? Lent. Lent. Nice. Lent. Lent. That's that's not even the geekiest thing we've done in the last ten minutes. I know, I know. That's why I love it. Yeah. Once a short Italian was her spouse. Her costume seemed to be from Mars. Oh. Believe and then turn back time and name her. She's one of music's biggest stars. Her plastic surgeries are many and various, many and various and various. Nikki. Cher. Cher is correct. (laughs) Bottoms up, swell some gin. Till you feel your head start to spin Visions blur just a bit Speech is slurred, now you're lit Your giggling and your brain has turned too much 
honey, everyone's calling you stinko and staggering. Tipsy. <laughs> yes, tipsy. <laughs> Gypsy, tipsy. That sounds like a fun musical, does it not? I love it. Yeah, starring Tallulah Bankhead. Tipsy. All right. <laughs> Are we close? Whoa, it's a tie right now between Nikki and Lisa. Okay. Feeling highly competitive. <laughs> That's because you're in a competition. <laughs> Each of you bet your tone. <laughs> <laughs> they just trained them. <laughs> Kids fight, they enjoy misbehavement. They might moon passing strangers, they might flip you the bird. Little monsters, so crude and rude, ill mannered and mean, spoiled, rotten. They're this word. Lisa? Brats? Yes! Bratz is correct. He pulls it out. Lisa. Lisa Lambert is our winner by one point. <laughs> Nikki, we would love to give you a Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. And Lisa, an NPR music bag, and Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube inside. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Lisa Lambert. Nikki F. James. Okay, it's what we've all been waiting for. It's our Ask Me One More final elimination round that will determine our Ask Me Another champions. Let's bring back the winners from all of our previous games. From on the radio, we have Christina Chaco. From title Schmeidel, Aviv Rubenstein. From Double Trouble, Jeff Schwartz. And Madman's Guide to Etiquette, Natalie Baer. Okay, this game is called It's Two Things and One. And John, why don't you take it away? We're looking for words that do double duty in English. For example, if we ask you for a word that's both a cliff and a tactic in poker, you would say bluff. But we're going to mix it up and throw in famous names and places as well. Like a word that's both a country and a bird would be, audience... Turkey, that's right. Give her a point. Okay, contestants, you'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. We're playing this spelling bee style. If you get one answer wrong, you're out. Last person standing is this week's grand winner. Ready, players? I guess. Good. Here we go. (laughs) Christina, starting with S, a sandwich and a form of transportation. Subway. Subway's fine. (laughs) Aviv. Starting with I, an element and a golf club. Iron. Iron's right. Thank you. Jeff, starting with P, a Roman god and a Disney character. Pluto. Yes. Natalie's next. Starting with S, a Latin dance and a condiment. No idea. (laughs) Let's see if Christina knows it. Christina, a Latin dance. Salsa's right. (laughs) Aviv, starting with B, a breed of dog and an athlete. Boxer. Boxer's right. Jeff, starting with L, a flower and a yoga position. Lotus. Lotus is right. Christina, starting with Y, an exclamation and a website. Yelp. Yelp is fine. Go to the back. We were looking for Yahoo, but that's fine. 
All right. Aviv, starting with W, a salad and a Muppet. Waldorf. That's right. Jeff, starting with F, a poet and a weather forecast. Three seconds. Let's For no. see. Oh, nice try. Let's see if Christina can get it. Christina, a poet. Fog. Fog is incorrect. Aviv, you can steal it. Frost. Frost is correct, and Aviv wins the game. Aviv Rubenstein, you are our grand prize to ask me another champion. And we have for you the Book of Mormon full musical audio CD for you, the cast recording. Thanks a lot. Congratulations. And that's it. We have to wrap it up right here. But there is so much more where these games came from. So you can find us and a bunch of clues we didn't get to today on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for NPR Ask Me Another. Thank you so much for playing. Ask Me Another puzzle czars have been Will Hines. Hey, my name anagrams to Swine Hill. And John Chinesky. Oh, heck, ninjas. The man behind the music is Jonathan Colton. Now jolt a cannon. Additional puzzle writing contributed by Mark Halpin. Hark, man lip. Trip Payne. Tiny paper. Dan Schofield. Haddish felon. And Noah Tarno. A raw wonton. Our audio engineer is Paul Ruess. Us true, pal. Our house sound engineer is David Hurtkin. Ugh, trend diva. With production help from Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. James Ramsey. Mama's Jersey. Saraya Mohammed. Madam Hears You. And Zach Meller. Call me Hertz. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung. Gnu Chart. Ask Me Another supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. Curium Zen. We'd like to thank the Bell House here in Brooklyn, New York. Hot Heel Blues. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. NPR.